Hello and welcome to Big Fish, Small Pop. I'm Andrew Werdahl, and today is August 12th. So, this Friday, what I'm doing is following up on the podcast from Wednesday. I introduced it as part one of this sort of myth of the small market Marlins, and this is really the second part of that. Um, in brief, I do recommend you listen to the podcast on Wednesday, but just in brief to catch you up. What I really like have found is that the Marlins are in a market that could support a team. They have the population and they have the income locally to find at least a crowd that could make it to ball games. I mean, we do see that certainly with other sporting events in the area with the Heat and the Dolphins, but you could maybe make an argument that baseball is in a different space than those sports. But more than like a valid argument, that'd be something of an excuse for the team. And really the whole essence of the myth of the small market Marlins is that the population is not the market that the Marlins are reaching. Maybe there's an argument that the stadium is hard to get to from the northern parts of South Florida. Maybe there's an argument that the Marlins team hasn't been winning. Maybe there's an argument that the Marlins haven't made a great showing for the public funds that they took back to build Marlins Park. But it all seems rather moot with the way the Marlins business is structured. I do think this is a Major League Baseball issue on the whole. That Major League Baseball is only really targeting fans that are into baseball and not uh, the group of people that could be into baseball, that potential market. I think they're overlooked by things like the Field of Dreams game and Harry Carey singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. It doesn't seem like it would register with someone that's totally, like, not yet into baseball. It would be just some odd ephemera in an Ohio cornfield. So I definitely don't mean some roast on the Marlins specifically that they're missing their market, but I do think that is the case. And talking a bit about that, like, the Marlins obviously have a Major League Baseball team. That's like a key part of their product. Um, In a marketing sense, really, what you need to consider is what is your product? Can people afford your product? How are people going to get to your product? And how are you, like, presenting that to them? How are you promoting it? So really, like, key to that, um, pretty ironed out, is, like, where the Marlins play and what it costs. But that is, like, a rather flexible equation. Usually changes year to year. And it is, like, baseball. It's an unpredictable thing. So the question of their product is going to be something that changes year to year. And I want to get into that a bit in a moment. But it's also really important how the Marlins are promoting the team, how they get the eyes of not unsuspecting customers, but the people that aren't necessarily considering going to a baseball game. How do they present themselves to that fan and get their attention and get them to the ballpark, really? It's there that they can sell their merchandise, their concessions, get their eyes for sponsors and make that money. The actual attendance of the game is only a real portion of that equation. But back to the idea of the product, the Marlins performance on the field, a lot of people might say that it's been subpar for what it needs to be, that the Marlins are not quite playing competitive baseball. And 
diving into that a bit, um, the Dodgers really are who I think of when I think of a team that is like consistently delivering a solid product. They're often in the playoffs, and they seem to, I mean, Baseball Reference estimates about like $289 million that they spend on their payroll, and they draw over 48,000 fans per game. And as much as we are talking about a different sort of like economic picture in California than Florida, so it's not like a perfect direct comparison, but as we talked about on Wednesday, the fan cost index of Miami is only about 186. That's about the money it takes a fan to attend, a family of four to attend a Marlins game versus a California FCI of 326. And that'll like, across an 81 game season, that projects to get them about $319 million just from the cost of attendance, parking, and concessions, which more than covers their payroll. And that certainly is the argument for Major League Baseball as a profitable business venture. The model works. People will spend money to see a great product on the field. But in a new market like Miami, and it is a new market for Major League Baseball relative to the long history of the Los Angeles Dodgers, is that the sort of if you build it, they will come business model doesn't quite work as well, or at least it doesn't seem to be working quite as well. Credit where it's due for Miami, they have like done a lot of things to like keep the Marlins on the airwaves. They've like got a new TV broadcasting deal and stadium rights, and they have like been able to get some free agents to improve the team. But what we haven't seen is a substantial change to the course of the franchise. They've done little to shift away from like the Loria-esque ownership narrative of pinching any penny they can get. And there is opportunity in the market with those unaware of the intricacies of baseball. And the Marlins have the potential to develop a fan base. And that means literally growing the game in a grassroots sense. While you have a whole geographic area as your like domain for the Marlins, you also have a bunch of like savvy customers who might not want to take that risk of spending $35 on a ticket and being disappointed with their time. I mean, like the worst thing would be if they wish that they just spent that money at AMC theaters. It would just validate their choice to have missed out on the Marlins to this point. So personally, I think the Marlins should do something to really ease that. Something like issuing a single free ticket to every individual Miami-Dade resident could help fill the stadium for like a good while and make good on the debts to be paid by the county. Um, estimates are in the Wednesday episode, but it does seem that the Miami-Dade County will spend quite a lot of money to have this Marlins team locally. And as a publicly funded stadium, you could maybe argue that there's some sort of like civic obligation to be giving back to that taxpayer. And that really hasn't quite been done by the Marlins. So in a way, giving a free ticket to every single person, not in like some like long tendered sustained way, just simply like a single ticket to every single person that has to be like booked online in advance, something to like, you know, just like encourage people to tune into the Marlins and get over those like sort of jitters about whether or not they're going to have a good time at the ball game. It's a certainly a strong gesture and it is definitely a gesture. It could be used to heavily, it could be like heavily promoted itself 
and utilized to like promote the team, the season, the players, and it could be delivered in tandem with more like literal efforts of growing the game, like getting gloves in the hands of kids and building ball fields to help the sport stick with people that it might not otherwise even reach. I know personally, I owe a lot to my family for getting me into baseball. And all the research seems to point to the fact that access is very important to getting people into baseball and also that access isn't always there. Teams like the Yankees do give like free tickets to like nonprofits locally, uh, things like that. But this would be a real like radical effort. I think it'd be something that would really put to the test the term small market and actually put the market to the test. Give like families just this ticket in hand to then plan ahead a time that they could go to a game that they want to go that works for them and check it out. Maybe they stick, maybe they buy more tickets. Certainly they'll be there buying concessions, maybe some merchandise too. It really might be a thing that even like helps that like per capita figure for other expenses. And maybe you have the, like the cheapskates or like whatever um, sort of, it's hard to imagine that you would get like unruly behavior or whatever it is that you could be afraid of from the fan. More likely it seems like you'd get a crowd who's there eager to see a baseball game behind the player and a different atmosphere at Lone Depot Park. Personally, I don't think that there's any way everyone in South Florida fully understands baseball, fully understands like the change in dynamics between like strike one and strike two. There's certainly a lot of like possible fans that just aren't there yet in terms of knowledge. I know personally I've had to teach people the game, and the Marlins certainly have the right platform to educate, but the approach we've seen from Bruce Sherman's Marlins, Derek Jeter and all, is offering more baseball to people who already know that they want baseball and already have it. It's really that like field of dreams in a sense of if you've already seen field of dreams and understand its implications, maybe you'll want to come to what they built. But that's not the way everyone thinks. Into the Marlins, an empty stadium seat costs just as much as one that's full. While they are losing out on those potential concessions, merchandise, and eyes for your sponsors. And it's that sort of like unorthodox move that you would hope to see from a team that's trying to get ahead of the competition. And maybe in a market that's like seemingly saturated, like the Dodgers have no issue selling out. You might fear that it lowers like the value of attending a game to get that free ticket. But for Miami, in an aggressive push now to lower those barriers of access, now might lower them for the future as more people have a good time at Lone Depot Park and want to come back again soon, next year or tomorrow. It's exactly the sort of promotion that would reach further than just a discount. So rather than thinking about Miami as a small market, it seems more that it's a market that's just improperly set. The effort could certainly still be done to change that, but it does seem like an effort certainly needs to be made to change that. So for Big Fish Small Pod, I've been Andrew Wardall. Today is the 12th. This weekend, the Atlanta Braves are in town for four games, a doubleheader day-night on Saturday with your typical evening start time tomorrow, 
Fish Stripes Live will be with you before the game. Check it out, and if anything happens between now and then with the Marlins, you'll hear it there on Fish Stripes. Thank you for listening. I'll be back with you next week.